0: This episode is brought to you in part by our Major Spoilers VIP members around the world. Thank you for your support of Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. If you'd like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up today. Thank you in advance.
1: The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. And you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans.
0: In this issue, the whole universe was in a hot, dense state. And then a couple dozen years ago, I started gaining weight. The Guardians got cool. Autotropes actually can't drool. And Rodrigo has some notes that will explain why. TV, comics, history. The show's awesome. That's no mystery. The Major Spoilers Podcast on the air. And that, kids, is how I met your mother.
1: Uh, What issue are we on? Oh, it's 585 of the Major Spoilers podcast. 585 585 episodes of the Major Spoilers podcast.
0: It's a palindrome.
1: Brought to you by our Major Spoilers VIP members and through the support of everyone who uses that Amazon link over at Majorspoilers.com. Every time you buy something, whether it be a Guardians of the Galaxy doll, a plush, an action figure, uh, pajamas, mm-hmm. uh, bed sheets, mm-hmm. any of your Guardians of the Galaxy stuff
2: that you go over and buy. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, did you, after watching Guardians of the Galaxy, did you go out and buy a whole bed set? As I were telling me, us? You no. <laughs> but if my son happened to click <laughs> through
1: using my password and buy a whole bunch of Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. stuff, <laughs> and, and they arrive, and they happen to be in king size sheet size, mm-hmm. I wouldn't complain. But you know what? The they best part is about
0: Guardians of the Galaxy sheets.
1: I, I would imagine you can find anything over at Amazon.com through that link over at MajorSpoilers.com. And best of all, when you click on that link and you buy something, a little bit comes back our way and allows us to do fine shows like this. I want to give a quick shout out to Christopher. Christopher is this kid that uh, that we just finished talking to, um, yeah. and uh, he's a he's a great kid. He's not doing too well. But uh, we're hoping that uh, through Make a Wish and through some other organizations that he can get a liver transplant. Um, but he is super kid, super knowledgeable about comic books and pop culture. He was schooling yeah. Rodrigo on all things uh, X Men. Yeah, and uh, it, it was fun talking with him. He's, uh, I think, if we ever need to replace Zach, then Christopher is the one that uh, that we're going to bring in. So, Christopher, we're uh, so much fun talking with you, and we hope that you uh, get to feeling better soon. Speaking of Zach, and where by, is he yeah, this week? I think we just- uh, I think that got married. Yeah, got married. So I didn't get a chance to go to the wedding because we had a little disaster here. Mm-hmm. How was it? Ooh, give us a review of Zach's wedding. A review of
2: Zach is that my review that for the your, week?
0: That's your review of the week. Uh, How many slices of meatloaf?
2: Um, well, definitely uh, at least uh five slices of meatloaf worth of uh meatballs that I ate. Yeah. Um, now didn't Zach didn't Zach tell us that they weren't gonna serve food? I thought it was just cake. Yeah, yeah. He said it was just going to be cake, and yeah. then I showed up he to said the reception. Something
0: about, we're not going to have. I, I think it was something where we were. Tra- he, they were trying to decide whether to have food, uh, and he wanted to say no. Perhaps
2: I see. Well, Remember. because yeah, my my number one complaint about Zach's wedding is that I went and I ate a lot beforehand because I'm like, I don't know how long this is going to take. I'm going to go have plenty of food. And then when I showed up, they had food, and I'm like, I'm a little bit full. <laughs> I, if I'm at a wedding, I, I want to pig I can't out. can't stop
3: eating these meatballs. Yeah. Oh, maybe one more. Yeah. I'm so exactly, full. Exactly, oh, exactly. No, no, I went, and I, I went through, and I
2: tried everything, just so I could later on uh, <laughs> make him feel bad about it, but all the food was great. Um, it was very nice. It was a, it was a very nice wedding. Yeah. Uh, it was outdoors. Yeah. Um, I questioned the judgment of getting married in the middle of summer outdoors in Kansas, but... Mm-hmm. The temperature was reasonable. Yeah, it nobody, was like 80 something by yeah. the time
1: the wedding started.
2: Yeah, nobody was dying.
1: Um and uh you know, fortunately the the two major storm clouds parted yeah.
2: right around uh the city. And so they didn't have to worry well, about it. and it helped too. It was a little overcast for the beginning, so mm-hmm. um, it, the ceremony yep, was yep, the yep. ceremony was very nice, very sweet. Um it actually involved not one but two uh priests because uh his wife's dad is a priest but oh, like yeah he he's even said during the ceremony he's like like they wanted him to do the ceremony but he wasn't going to be able to hold it together yeah, right 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 he just couldn't keep it together during it so he just did like part of it um it was it was very sweet it was a very everything good. about it was very nice good and there, I, I i really enjoyed myself there i didn't know anybody there yeah. because steven couldn't go yeah um oh we wanted to go and believe yeah.
1: me we were i was uh, what happened was our water heater blew up not blew up but basically
2: yeah i think what we heard to it. I think at the ceremony heater. i think we yeah. heard it go off
1: so i came down i was getting yeah. some stuff uh set up for my uh for my parents because they were going to stay overnight and i'm like what is this wet spot and i thought maybe something was dripping from the ceiling and no follow the wet spot around into the uh furnace room and there's the water heater just leaking out all over everywhere so by the time we got that cleaned up and we had the the carpet repair cleanup people here and the plumber here it was like Six o'clock before everybody left. And by then we had no hot water because they couldn't find a, a tank big enough uh, that was in stock. Mm-hmm. So we had to wait till Monday. So we had no hot water. So oh, we were quick like showers. It was like, there's no way we're going to get cleaned up and get over to Zach's wedding yeah. before before it starts. So we just skipped it. Oh. ate eight steak instead.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Said when your water heater blows up, good time to eat steak and buy lottery tickets. Yeah. So there you go. Didn't win the lottery. Yeah. So.
2: Boo. Boo. I, well, Zach did. Because his bride was lovely,
1: yeah, she was. She really looked good. I saw some pictures that they posted on Facebook and Twitter, and mm-hmm. it looked like a fun ceremony. So congratulations to Zach and Aubrey Wolf. yeah uh,
0: I'm sure Yay. I'm sure we'll
1: have more to hear from Zach. I think he's supposed to return next week, is he? But if he doesn't, we're gonna bring Christopher in, yeah, and have him be on the show, yeah, that's right. Zach, better get back. Oh, and so people have been asking, where's Zach. your Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movie special review thing? Right. Well, because we had fans going and because we had to pull everything from one half of the room to the other half of the room, all the stuff that we normally use to record those shows was all co- is all covered up. It's, stuff. it's, it's all still like covered s- up.
2: Stacked on top of each other so it doesn't get
1: wet. Yeah. So we couldn't. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to it. Oh, we, we did see the movie. Yeah. Did you like the movie? I did. I did like it.
2: Yeah. Do you think it's the best Marvel movie? I A lot of people so, are saying this is the best Marvel movie. I don't I don't think it's the best Marvel movie. Um it was very enjoyable. I don't want I don't want people to think that I didn't enjoy it because there my reviews have a way of apparently getting worse and worse as time goes by. <laughs> because like one time I said, I'm not a big fan of Joss Whedon, and then like we started getting me like, so since Rodrigo hates Joss Whedon. You know, oh, like yeah, that yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. So I don't want people to think that I didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought it was fine. I thought it was very enjoyable to me when I was like after watching it, I was like, this movie is the finally the successful attempt, despite not even trying at all to remake Flash Gordon. Like this, <laughs> yeah, I can maybe. see that. I can this see movie that. is Flash Gordon. It's just secretly Flash corded. I think a lot
1: of people were saying this is like the, the Green Lantern movie done right. I can see that, And too. I can see that a lot, too. I I also really enjoyed the movie. I think what I need to do is I really want to go see this movie again mm-hmm. because everybody was like, oh, this is such a funny movie. This is such a – and so I went and going, okay, so this is really is a comedy. Uh-huh. And this is going to be laughing because people were like, oh, I couldn't hear a lot of the lines because there was so much laughter going on in the movie. And I was like expecting that when I went in, and was, we're twenty minutes into the movie. I'm like, I haven't laughed once. And I, I'm am I missing
2: the jokes? Come or on, Stephen. I told you that. I know. I told you that we had seen every joke that's yeah. in the movie, and we did almost, except for one. Yeah, there's a couple. Group. There's a couple more. There's a couple more jokes. Yeah, yeah, in the movie that weren't in the trailer. But I bet you. Well, actually, not they mean. might not because they don't need to do trailers for it anymore because it's been super yeah, successful.
1: Yeah. Well, they'll do it. There'll yeah. definitely be one or two more but commercials like, to come out. It's like it's uh, the number
2: one movie in America. Yeah, it's. Uh, Like uh, Pirates Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Like all the trailers leading up to it, like almost no spoilers. Right. And then like a week into it, (laughs) they're like, okay, let's get everybody yells in. Totally
1: spoil the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of a little weirded about that, but I really enjoyed the movie. I thought there were some great characters. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to see uh, Marvel spin these, uh, these these properties off, you know. Like a, a Hawkeye Black Widow team up, mm-hmm. a Groot and Rocket Raccoon team up. Yeah. I think th- these are just yeah. kind of – these are like movies that are begging I, to be to happen. I actually, and I honestly think – my honest reaction is the the three characters that stole the movie mm-hmm. were Groot, Rocket, and Drax were sure. in the movie were the three best um, characters in the movie. And for the, those three to go on an adventure together would be – then just leave all the
2: other ones behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I like that Drax did kind of get a lot of his moments because interestingly, if you like the, the comics that spawned Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, mm. the whole Annihilation and then what was that second Conquest. one? the Conquest yeah. and then Guardians of the Galaxy, the... V- Out of all those, the oldest character in that through line is Drax. Drax, We pick it up basically with Drax crashing to Earth and Mm -hmm. then we go from that. So I was like, it's nice to have that character. Actually, Drax and Gamora, who I would say are the guys who get the least screen time out of the five, are actually the biggest through characters in Mm -hmm. the comics. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. I think... um, I I don't know. There's something about it that it's just like, this was a really good movie, but it's not... I don't think it's the best Marvel movie. I still think Winter Soldier is my favorite
2: I can Marvel that. movie. I think for me, honestly, like the the first Iron Man was such a like stand up and clap at the end of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I see what you did there, Marvel. This was yeah. great. This yeah. is the beginning of the Marvel it's age. Also, it's times, also, times, it's also
1: the um only it's also the movie that had the least finger stirring in the pot. Sure. From 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 uh, the parent companies. Sure. Uh, we've heard, and of course, um, what's his name of the director of that movie? Um, John John Favreau, you know, he's gone on record and said, well, you know, we were able to do all this stuff because people basically had a hands-off approach. But as we've seen, they want to get more and more involved as each movie progresses and try to self-contain everything. And that may have been one of the things that, and I I heard James Gunn do an interview where he was kind of talking about this, where he basically was like, you know, he and, and Nicole, and I forget her last name, uh, who wrote the script, um, basically didn't want to ask permission for anything and they just kind of did whatever they wanted to yeah. do in that. And I think because it is so different from the other Avengers movies, sure, that they were able to get away with a lot of stuff, like some of the stuff with Thanos, Nicole um, Perlman, yeah, Perlman, that's her name. Um, and uh, um, they were able to get away with the thing at the very end, uh-huh. uh, which was the the end credits bit. Um, I think that they were able to do a lot of those things. I
2: you know what? I doubt that I, I like if there's one thing that I think the studio has its thumb in is the end credits bit. And that sets oh, you sure. up for something. else. And the good
1: thing was, it, it really isn't a setup for anything else. It's just a well, after scene kind of like shawarma.
4: Pre-
2: presumably. Yes, although we haven't heard any announcements Here, about it, we thing. do know that Guardians of the Galaxy Two is coming out. Right. So again, trying to avoid spoilers. There's oh, a and, character. And by the way, uh, when we were talking with Christopher, yes,
1: he totally <laughs> spoiled <laughs> the end of the movie, and Matthew hasn't seen the movie yet. So yeah. we're also trying to avoid some spoilers yeah. for Matthew's sake. Right. But the big in
2: in ah. bit. Um. Yeah. So there's a big there's a, a a big thing. A character shows up at the very end, who you might think is like, well, this is a one off character that doesn't need anything, but. There was a moment in time, that moment in time being two weeks ago, where there were still people saying, how could you possibly make a movie with a talking ra- where where yeah, yeah, yeah. half the group is a talking raccoon in a tree? Yeah. Like, yeah. it seems ludicrous. Mm-hmm. So, to say is like, oh, I'm sure that character, they're not going to, like... That character probably has a movie in the works.
1: That could be going to be tied to something else. It
2: may be somewhat telling because um, Marvel has announced that there's
1: an omnibus version of that of that uh, character coming out in October, Mm -hmm. which was not previously announced because Mm -hmm. solicitations for October came out two three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So if people are wanting to get this omnibus, this was something that came out only after the movie came out. Right. And I wonder if they didn't hold that back for any reason because. You know, they may have been saying, well, let's see what happens in the movie and then we'll release this omnibus or they're just like, holy crap, people are really taking to this. Let's get this omnibus out there. What are you going to say, Matthew? I
0: I will say this for Marvel. And this is this is something that I think is brilliant. Again, all I really know is what Christopher told us. (laughs) Um, But I will I will say that. No publicity is bad publicity and the character has a pretty yeah. high profile. I would say yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in terms of the general public, a higher profile than anyone in the actual Guardians of Absolutely. the Galaxy. Absolutely. Oh, yes, definitely. Marvel definitely may mm-hmm. be playing, playing their cards in a really canny fashion there. So, I or don't know. an I'd go
2: uncanny fashion. Oh, uh, nope, no, nope, They can't do uncanny oh. stuff. That belongs to Fox. Yeah. Well, but so, you
1: know, the other thing that's really interesting... <laughs> the, the word uncanny belongs to Fox. What, what, do you guys, what do you guys think about this? Because... The minute that the movie ended uh, Thursday night, Friday morning, mm-hmm. right, you can go onto eBay and you can see the first appearance of this character in comic books. And suddenly prices that are hovering at like $50 for the first appearance, which is what this version would be about $50 to $70 mm-hmm. has suddenly tripled in price. And I haven't gone in today to see what the final price was, but it's suddenly like eBay. So, uh, if you have that issue and what is it? It's um, adventure. yeah, adventure into fear. Number 19. It's got Swamp Thing on the cover. That's right. Um, not Swamp Thing. It's got uh, a sw-
2: man. man Thing. It's a... There's a Venn diagram of nerddom of one guy who knows a lot about comics but hasn't gone to see the movie. He just went, no! Spoiler! <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, because he knows could, who appears in yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. He knows who that uh, is but he but hasn't you know, gone that, to that, see the movie. That, that price has skyrocketed to like... Uh, when I looked on whatever day it was, Monday... It had, it had already been 155 and going
2: up. I think it's an interesting phenomenon, but it's something that Marvel doesn't care about. Marvel doesn't care about the secondary market. Well, no, because, because they're not making any it's money. It's interesting
1: that the day after uh, we report on that, that Marvel's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we've got an omnibus coming yeah, out. So uh, for all
2: you people who are scrambling to find the
1: first appearance of this character, we're going to have all this character stories mm-hmm, coming out mm-hmm. in one giant volume coming yep. out in October. Well, so just wait until then. But, of course, we learn from we learn from six months. Mm hmm.
0: I have sold a first appearance of Gamora, yeah. which you know before two thousand nine was a three dollar book. Right. A first appearance of Star Lord, a six dollar book. Mm-hmm. A first appearance of uh, Rocket Raccoon, which actually was a little bit more expensive. None of these were expensive books in two thousand five. All of them were in double digits. One of them, well into the triple digits, really now because people, yeah, people said, oh, they're making a movie about that person. And the speculator mentality jumped up and went, ooh, I need to have that first appearance of Star-Lord.
1: I I think that, you know, what is it called, the war profiteering, Uh, you know, I think it's really fascinating to see that happen with pop culture properties. The minute that something like this pops up, I mean, we saw this happen with Watchmen. The minute that that Watchmen trailer appeared ahead of the uh, Dark Knight, uh, was it Dark Knight Returns, whatever it was – The sales of the Watchmen trade shot through the roof. Three million copies in a month where DC hadn't sold a million copies in the last five years. And so I think it's really interesting to see that there is maybe, I mean, maybe not a huge impact in the movies into the actual comic books themselves, but there are changes. People are more aware that these comic properties exist, that there are comics out there about
2: you know, man thing and man, man and thing thing. Well, we we kind of we we weirdly experienced that here at the, uh, at the website in 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 a way, because a long time ago, just kind of as a as something that I was doing that day, I wrote an article about who I would cast for the uh, Magic the Gathering movie. Right, right. And then as soon as the Magic the Gathering movie gets a nice, we start, we start yeah, getting yeah. a ton of hits. Yep, Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the nice things about having some of that evergreen content is that it will resurface again. And there was something else the other day. Oh, suddenly a lot of people have started going into the uh, conspiracy files Mm -hmm. and reading the Franklin Richards piece that Matthew had written
2: several years ago. Well, fantastic force coming
1: out. Yeah. And that may be it, too. I mean, they just finished wrapping principal photography uh, this last week weekend down in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And um, what's the girl's name from uh, House of Cards? House of Cards girl. Yeah, yeah. House of Cards girl who plays uh, Sue Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, she had tweeted some pictures out, which got some people excited. Also, during San Diego Comic Con, somebody's friend tweeted out a picture of supposedly the thing, what oh. it's going to look like in the movie. And quickly, that person realized that that shouldn't have gone out and oh. totally deleted his profile from Twitter that he's had in place since like 2006 or something like that.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, but it's out there and Marvel hasn't commented on whether that's true or not. And they probably won't. And Fox hasn't either, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there is this real interesting that, you know, my biggest complaint is how come these movies aren't advertising the comics more. That's been my complaint forever. It's like, yes, we can see at the end of these credits, it says, Hey, guardians of the galaxy is based on the Abnett and Landing run, which we're going to talk about here in a little while. Um, And that's great because it might encourage people to go out and and pick up the the trade paperback. Um, This character is created by so-and-so and and -and Mm -hmm. so-and-so. Spoilers. Um, And so I'm always like, well, why aren't they like saying, go to your comic book store? But it seems like those people who are truly interested are Mm -hmm. finding it regardless.
2: The the thing is, uh, Marvel is better than DC slash Warner Brothers about it, but not by much. There's no, no, no. still this big gap, this lack right. of integration between both machines, right? There's, like, the comic mm-hmm. book generating machine, and then there's a movie machine, and they—it's the, uh, it's like they don't use the same kind of wiring. It's They're, like one can't tell the—can't actually tell the other what to do. Right. They just have to, like—because cause they are literally—it's two different sets of people, right? Well, and here's— There is one—there's yeah. a group of people that own both. Right. But— Marvel Comics is not run by the same people as a Marvel studio, right? Owned by the same people, right? Disney, right? (laughs) But it's not run by the same. people. And that's, you know, my argument is always don't leave money on the
1: table, right? If you if you can make a buck, make a buck. But we've been talking uh, over the last couple of months, sometimes on the show, sometimes outside of the show about Marvel attempting to. Wind down or reduce the visibility of Spider-Man, X-Men and mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. franchises because they don't um, have full control of those properties on the movie side. And thus they are uh, have the appearance of snubbing those properties on the toy side, which you know to me is ridiculous. Yeah. But Tom Brevoort, who is the what is he senior vice president of publishing or something like that? I know he's one of the editors at Marvel. I don't have his full title in front of me, so I apologize. Uh, someone had asked him a question. Why, isn't, why aren't there any X-Men cartoons? Why weren't there any licensing for Days of Future Past? Why, is there, um, why isn't there gold ball toys or any new X-Men toys? Oh, and of course, no real X-Men news at the Cup of Joe panel at the San Diego Comic-Con. Thanks for your time. And, and Tom replies back, you're talking about issues involving licensing and animation, and these are questions you need to ask to our people that oversee those areas. I will say two things, though, both of which are pretty self-evident, I think. Number one, there are only so many hours in the day and so many initiatives that you can have going at once. So you need to pick and choose where you want to spend your time and your efforts. So for in this case, in this part one, he's basically saying, hey, we're devoting our time to Marvel Cinematic Universe and those things that tie directly into that. And then he follows up with point number two. If you had two things and on one, you earned 100 percent of the revenues from the efforts that you put into it and the other one earned you a much smaller percentage for the same amount of time and effort you'd be more likely to concentrate more heavily on the first, wouldn't you? But I'm not, I, you know, I'm not sure. The thing is, I'm not sure that they would have to spend as much time. Maybe he's got well, the numbers
2: to to support that. Here's the thing. That's the the interesting thing is that it should work both ways, right? right. It's like um, X-Men, them promoting X-Men doesn't earn them as much money. But it earns them a- money. Except that they put zero effort right. into it, right? right? It's like... Any promotion that they do of X-Men, yeah, it's money that they're spending to give half the profits to someone else. Right. But here's the thing. that's They, they had to spend zero money on exactly. that Exactly.
1: Same way with toys. It's like you go through the approval process, and I don't know, um, um, Hasbro, I think, is the one that has uh, X-Men toys, um, whoever it is. But, you know, they come Hasbro comes to Marvel and says, hey, will you approve these action figures based on the movie? Yeah, these look good. Or no, these don't look good. Send them back. Oh, by the way, we need you to put in... Your next uh, previews issue, we need you to put in these, you know, 10 paragraphs of information talking about these toys. Okay, sure. Hasbro takes care of all the distribution of the toys, manufacture of the toys, making sure they're stocked on the store shelves. And Marvel gets whatever percentage they get. It seems like easy money. But again, I don't have the numbers that say how much time is being spent, you know, going over all the toys, uh, test market, all that stuff.
0: But you also have to look at the mindset of comics publishing. And for 80 years, comics publishing has been an us and them proposition. Yep. And often the them it's by name. And I think if you were to say you're Tom Brevoort, I think he's the senior VP of publishing. Yes.
1: That, yes. That's, that's it. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So say you're Tom Brevor. you and your guys put together a thing that says, Hey, why don't we do something about this days of future past? Then Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel studios then comes over to you and say, why are you doing this? Why are you supporting? I mean, if you put this out for Spider-Man, you're basically throwing your support behind Sony, or you're throwing your support behind Fox and their fantastic four movie. I think that there's the us, which is our Marvel movies. And then there's the them. And in historically comics publishing, even if the thems are, you know, upstart Marvel selling five times as many comics DC will still say, you know, oh well, you know, it's just though they 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 have terrible art and no continuity. You know, at at one point DC was in charge of Marvel's distribution and held them down and said you can only distribute eight books per month. Yeah. You know, there is a there is a grand tradition of the other guy is in the wrong and we whoever we are are the only ones who know how to do this and I think that for anyone at Marvel To put effort into, you know, a Fantastic Four or a Ghost Rider, although I think they got the Ghost Rider rights back.
2: Uh, They got the Daredevil Um, rights back. I'm not sure about Ghost Rider yet. No, it's still going to be a while before they get Ghost Rider back.
0: I had heard that somebody announced that Ghost Rider, Punisher, and Blade were back under Marvel's umbrella, but I didn't have have, that. We
2: may have
1: talked about that on the website at one point, but I know for sure Daredevil is back because they they let that lapse. Uh, on that. So but I, think, I, I don't know. I it's just like, even
0: if there it, is it's, money to be made, I think it's, it's kind of a, a little bit of real politic where you yeah. can't.
1: Oh no, it is. It, it definitely is all politics yeah. at this point. It's not how much time are we putting f- into it? It's almost like, Hey Rodrigo, I want to give you 20% of this book that I'm writing. And all I need you to do is write an introduction. Mm-hmm. And this book is going to sell a hundred thousand copies. And so you're going to get 20% of, let's say a hundred percent or sorry, 20% of, a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you want to write that page, or are you too busy? I can do that. I can okay. write that page. All right. That's that's all I'm saying is it. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of effort. Right. But right. 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 If I said, "Oh, Rodrigo, I'm I'm writing this for Wizards of the Coast," then Rodrigo might be sitting there going, "Uh, you know, they really could have hired me and they didn't, and I'm mad at Wizards of the Coast." Okay. So no, I'm not going to write your introduction.
2: For you.
1: And so yeah. now I can't, stay, I can't stay mad at them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's it seems like that, but it is all politics at this point, and I sure. can understand that, and I can appreciate that, and if they don't want to have Days of Future Past toys out, that's fine. If they don't I, want to have Spider-Man I, I, 2 toys out, again, that's, that's fine. The,
2: the thing is, though, the, the real surprising thing is that there is no oversight entity that goes, no Marvel Studios and no Marvel Comics, you guys shut up, we need yeah. to make money. And I think that's what's going to happen pretty soon, because Disney... Slaps their
1: crap on everything. Yeah. And I think once Disney says, hey, you mean we left money on the table? Then they're going to say, hey, wait a minute. Now, part of that could be, again, this mindset of if we don't support it and it's not popular and they can't make another Spider-Man movie, then we're going to get the Spider-Man, Sp- Spider-Man franchise back.
2: Well, and the, the other thing is that um – um there's always just money right there's always just paying to get these back and there is a certain amount of money that you are going to eventually be able to pay to get spider-man back yeah but i think you're talking about it's a lot of money right
1: now yeah for sony right now so two things will happen either well there's three things can happen disney can pay a crap ton of money and i'm going to bet in sony's mindset to get spider-man back and all the things that are related to spider-man that is a four billion dollar transaction right there wow I'm going to just bet that that's what Sony's looking at, because the movie is made probably the movie series has made at least two billion dollars for Sony Mm -hmm. and they need the money. I mean, they are really tanking it on their electronic side. Their gaming division is doing okay. Their movie division is not doing very well. Uh, So they need the money. So maybe they would sell it back, but they're going to want a very high price for it. Right. Second thing could happen is Sony doesn't get their crap together and they're not able to produce a new movie in time or get something into production in time. And so the rights revert back to Marvel Disney, which is probably not going to happen because we know that there's a Secret Six movie coming up. They've already announced the um, female-led Spider-Man movie that's coming out. And even though they've pushed Spider-Man 3 because they're working in the Spider-Man franchise property, it's not going to go back to Disney anytime soon. Mm -hmm. The third one that someone posted this week said maybe Disney should just sue Sony to get the rights back because they've harmed the Spider-Man franchise with the Mm. last couple of movies. And I don't know how that would work. I,
0: I know yeah, nothing about the legal side that. of
1: that, but that seems like a very definite third. We'll, we'll set that aside for later. Is yeah, right, yeah. What the Disney executives seems, are saying that
0: seems a little scurrilous.
1: To me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, anything else on that topic? I, I so going back to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the movie. I didn't think it was the greatest Marvel movie that was out there. I thought there were some great moments, but I thought that the character that was least, that was the least constructed fully fledged character was Gamora yeah. her history seemed to have like three different directions that she was going on and I don't think that the, that they tied her, I don't think they tied her um, story points up like they did everyone else's story points were pretty much tied up.
2: Or, honestly I think it, it was probably, I, I kind of it's probably because she had the most complex story. Yes. Um and everybody else was just like this guy is this, like literally is like an experiment. For revenge. Yes. Experiment, no backstory whatsoever, out for revenge. Abducted uh, as a child. Yeah, abducted as a child, and then uh, killed by this person, or like, you know, it's yeah. like this, this thing was destroyed, adopted by bad guy, borrowed by other bad guy. Like, yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. like Gamora's story is just complex enough. That her beating up the uh, the doctor's companion doesn't quite like bring it all together. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So very pretty. Yeah, good special effects. If I go see this again in the theater, I'm definitely going to see this as a 3D movie because I think that it might be very interesting to see in 3D. Yeah, but some great comedy moments. Uh, the stuff that goes on inside the prison was, I,
2: was awesome. I was okay with what they did with the, uh, the Nova Corps. They mm-hmm. changed it very drastically from mm-hmm. what it is in the comics, but I, I thought it was a good move. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So uh, I say go see it. Puerto real? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Go okay. check it out. Now let's talk about this uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh huh. Did you guys watch the seven minute preview that uh, Disney released? Yes. I was very excited about this movie before is a movie I saw or is this. It a I mean, TV series, sorry. Mm-hmm. And still in movie mode. I was right. very excited about this TV series until I saw the seven minute preview. Uh-huh. <laughs> now I'm not so sure because you, I was like, Rodrigo, have you watched this trailer yet? And I'm like, you were like, no. And I was like, okay, watch it. And probably at the exact same point that it happened to me, I hear you pop up and make an Aladdin reference. Yeah. And this felt very much like Aladdin.
2: And I was like, oh God,
1: I'm, I'm not, I wasn't impressed with what I
2: saw. Well, it does belong to Disney now. It, uh, that's right. They're just bringing all their properties together. That's right. Um, I honestly wasn't too excited about it to begin with. Mm. Um, just I was. N- I'm not a big fan of the Clone Wars series. Yeah. Um, I kind of. I don't like. I don't like the character design of it. Oh yeah. This yeah. borrows very heavily from that. I think the design mm-hmm. might be a little different, but there's no, pretty that's much right up in. in yeah, line Yeah, I with mean, it. it's it's yeah. it's pretty much in line with that. So already that's for me that's a strike against. um I saw a lot of the characters, and there's just something that wasn't very compelling about the characters mm-hmm. to me yeah they seemed um, very plain, yeah, there's just something about them, or rather, there isn't something about them
4: mm-hmm.
2: um I was hoping to see other things, and i can't I can't put it into words, but I'm just not that interested and then watching this, I'm like, I've seen this story before, yeah. I've seen this exact same story before, literally, yeah. So I'm just, I'm kind of not too impressed by it. Matthew, what about you? You watched it
1: too.
0: Yeah, I, first of all, I I wonder how the kid from How I Met Your Dragon ended up in a galaxy far, far away. I, I have the problem when it comes to this is I get into, I know they have the Clone Wars previous series. I'm not really a big fan of the CGI that they used here. So sometimes I look at that and I'm like, okay. Well, eh, 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 if I can get past not being a huge fan of the art, it seems like there might be some interesting kind of hooks involved. But Mm -hmm. I'm always leery of of Star Wars, especially Star Wars cartoons, because you know I grew up with droids and Ewoks.
1: Well, I'll I'll say this
0: scar you for life.
1: I'll say this for this series because we haven't seen everything. And the very first Star Wars Clone Wars stuff, the thing where they have to go rescue Baby Jabba Mm -hmm. from uh, mercenaries or whatever it was, that was an awful story. They made that a – they turned that uh, three or four-part series arc in the TV show into a theatrical release. Right. And that sucked. (laughs) But Star Wars Clone Wars got immensely better as the show went on. Mm -hmm. I would think, though, that going into this, if they're canceling a highly popular Clone Wars series to go into this, that they would have gotten – all their beats right. And right. this one just didn't feel like it had the beats right in the seven minute preview. Now, that being said, I'm going to watch the show. I may fall in love well, with the course. show after the first episode, but the seven minute preview, after all the hype that I've been seeing and all the art stuff that Lucasfilm has been sending us, I was getting super excited about it. And now that has really cooled off. I don't know. I don't know. Um, here's, here's another story now that we're into the news, 30 minutes into the show.
4: Max Landis
1: to pin Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency for IDW Entertainment for a t- future television project. <laughs> what do you think about that? An
0: unpleasant person with a really ugly hat.
1: Here, here's a couple of things. Now, first of all, BBC has already done Dirk Gently. They did it uh, several years ago, and um, it stars or starred. Uh blah, 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 blah. I can't find it right now. Uh, but they did like four episodes. It was a pilot episode, then they did a three Issue are th- kind of basically like what they do with all their other series. Um and they say so they basically did one little season three of four hour episodes. Pretty much. Uh I'm apparently here on YouTube I can find the first episode, the pilot episode on YouTube.
4: Uh-huh.
1: Um But they've already made a TV series and it's not uncommon for American networks to just basically lift something that's already been done sure. uh, overseas and and come here. I mean you look at uh, uh the offices that way yeah. Um, friends is that way there's a whole bunch of them that are that way
0: all in the family yeah Sanford and son
1: yep so I don't really mind that they're doing this I don't really mind that they're doing this because I think it could be interesting and certainly with Max Landis writing could be really interesting Mm. and the fact that IDW publishing is doing it well IDW entertainment is doing it has me wondering if we aren't going to see some more Douglas Adams stuff come Mm. out of IDW in the next uh, coming months and years you excited about this Matthew I don't know how you feel about Dirk Gently, but he's one of my favorite Douglas Adams <laughs> I, I characters. Don't
0: hate Dirk I don't hate Dirk Gently. I find Dirk Gently to be... I, I The thing about it that's really frustrating is Dirk Gently is a character that I don't like as much as Arthur Dent or Ford Prefect, mm. who has stories that are so much more coherent and interesting than many of the things that happened to Arthur Dent and Ford Prefect. So I like the stories. I especially like the uh, the one with Thor in it
1: yeah that was that uh
0: long dark tea time of the soul yes
1: that was the Perhaps. second book yeah that was the second book the first yeah. book was all about uh time travel and uh not beethoven the first but book Bach. was
0: actually sup- Brahms, something that apparently uh, adams had reworked out of the lost doctor who episode Shada mm-hmm. uh years and years ago when he was the editor there but i didn't see the two thousand and fava fava series so yeah nobody has i can't even i can't
1: find it except for this youtube post so really yeah you can't i mean you can't get it on itunes you can't get it i I think it was just there and gone and unless you go to one of those illegal sites um you're not going to be able to find it so don't do that no so i'm going to check it out here on youtube and see it's not listed as dirk gently but uh if you dig around you'll be able to find it all right, uh, so those are news. Uh, we spend a lot of time on Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to be spending even more time on Guardians of the Galaxy. But if you're looking for more news, reviews, and uh, things that you can abuse, head over to Majorspoilers.com because that's where all that cool <laughs> stuff is. While you're over there, you guys need to check out our weekly email. Or at least it comes out, try to come out weekly. If you haven't signed up for that our, email, do it, please. Theoretically
0: weekly.
1: Well, it was for about basically from May until the 1st of July meh middle yeah, of july it was uh wasn't wasn't very weekly uh, basically all of july was off uh but it's back now and you want to sign up because it doesn't just go out to everybody it goes out to people who sign up for the email and you want to do that because there's usually some special announcements that are made some big news that are that's coming up uh things that are that are in the pipeline and so you do want to uh, to check that out. just click on that big orange button over there on the major spoilers website that says get the newsletter and the free star wars bonus tracks You can go check that out.
2: What's a bonus track, Rodrigo? A bonus track is when we watch a movie and you watch a movie and we talk about it while you're watching the movie. There's probably a better way to put that. No,
1: that's pretty much the way it is, except that
2: we're talking during the movie in a way
1: that you want to listen, unlike the people who are at the movie theater talking behind you who you want to shut the hell up. So it's actually kind of a good thing. So we've got uh, Ghostbusters is out right now. That's the one that you want to get if you want to go uh, find out what's going on. And just signing up for the email list gets you that free Star Wars yeah. uh, bonus track. So uh, go go check that right. out. Let's do some reviews here really quick.
0: Dot the reviews, dot the reviews. So
1: last week we were supposed to review The Shadow Over Innsmouth over on the uh, Dueling Review podcast. But Matthew was not feeling well with his uh, tooth thing going on. So I'm going to tell you all about it right now. It's 40 pages of shadow goodness. Of course, Lamont Cranston and uh, Margot Kidder uh, land in Innsmouth because their plane is, is having difficulties. And Margot goes out into the fog when she's told that's Margot Lane, not Margot Kidder. But Margot <laughs> goes out into the fog where she's told not to because the innkeeper says there's creepy things out there and tells the story of fish monsters and everything. And of course, you know, these are outsider people. They don't believe that. So Margo goes down to the dock to retrieve her hat or something that she dropped, and she's attacked by fish monsters, no. basically guys that look like uh, creatures from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you're familiar with the H.P. Lovecraft story, the people of Innsmouth are fish monster people. They live in the the deep, and they worship uh, yog sagath or uh, one of those two. No, no, uh, Dagon <laughs> is who they worship.
0: She and was so, a fish monster, and sure, it was no wonder. Oh, once, once
1: that she's, she's attacked, of course, then the shadow has to step in and do his thing. And by the time the issue is over, we discover that these fish people are nothing more than a Saturday morning cartoon mystery. What's the name of that? Song? Saturday morning mystery cartoon or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're just Scooby-Doo. people in masks. Yeah, Scooby-Doo. Uh, basically, they're people in masks who dress up as these fish people so they can smuggle in alcohol In their Uh submarine, because this is shadow stories takes place during prohibition. And uh, so they, you know, they, they stop the, the smuggling ring. And of course, because they've created this, this scary story, the people of Innsmouth do stay in at night. They don't want any part of what's going on. So then the, uh, then Lamont and Margot were able to leave. And the, the bartender is recounting this tale of what happened to an author who is pinning everything down. And, uh, and then of course it's HP Lovecraft. And he's basically like, oh, well, that uh, part about the smuggling isn't very interesting, but tell me more about these, uh, the monsters in the deep. And so you're imagining Whoa. that this is the basis of how H.P. Uh-huh, Lovecraft yeah. wrote Shadow over Innsmouth, uh, not the Shadow over Innsmouth. Um, it's an okay story. I was hoping a little bit more of the supernatural. Yeah. But in light of what, who and what the Shadow is, having him uncover a criminal ring... Of smugglers is perfect, and I thought it worked out really, really well. The art is well done. Um, it is forty pages, so it's a bit more expensive than what you would normally pay. It's it's four ninety nine. Uh, Ron Mars writes. Ivan uh, Rodriguez does the art. Overall, it's it's pretty good. Um, I just wish there was more of the the supernatural part. Like maybe there would have been some unexplained something that even the shadow didn't know what was going on. But this is very much a but, shadow. But the shadow knows. I know that's the thing, right? This is very much a shadow story with kind of a Lovecraftian hook,
2: right? And, and that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. Is that's that's the hook to get you in. Yeah, into yeah. It, so right? it's not it's not like um, the doom that came to Gotham. Well, but the thing is, though, the, the interesting thing about it is, is that they, I mean, apparently they chose to leave any sort of supernatural right. stuff out of the way. Which with the shadow, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's on the table. You know, mm-hmm. mesmerism mm-hmm. and you know pseudoscience and all that right, stuff right, right, is right. available. So even if they didn't go the Cthulhu mythos route, there's a lot of stuff that they could have done, like mass hypnosis of the pot. But no, they just went with masks. Yeah, 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 exactly. So
1: I was okay with it. And overall, I wasn't disappointed. in And I do think it's a little bit expensive, but I don't think it's a perfect book either. So I'm giving it four slices of meatloaf. Um, If you like the shadow, if you are into some a little bit of Lovecraft mythos, although you don't really have to be because they kind of tell you the Innsmouth story uh, inside the book. Um, go pick it up. Uh, it's from uh, who put that out? Dynamite Entertainment out last week. The Shadow Over Innsmouth one shot. Oh, before we get to Matthew's review, had a quick thought. Had a quick thought earlier today, and I forgot to write it down. Uh-huh. And you uh, talking about magic retriggered it. You know how in uh, Thor, the Thor movie, they're talking about Magic is just technology that you don't understand. Sure. I wonder if that's how right. they're trying to figure out how to explain Doctor Strange's magic. You know, we have we have. Technology today where you basically say something and your cell phone reacts. So maybe he has a technology that you say the words correctly, and it may be in an alien tongue, which sounds like magic incantations, and it does this thing.
2: Yeah, there are plenty of uh, works already extant where they explore that. I mean, probably the most uh, visible and recent thing is just Doctor Who, right? Mm -hmm. Anytime something... That is magical in Doctor Who comes up, it's explained as aliens, mm-hmm. but it has some hook. And the 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 best thing that I can think of is the uh, William Shakespeare episode, mm-hmm. right? So it's like there's these aliens, but a lot of like their technology and their powers and their abilities come from words they use words to kind of activate these abilities and powers that they have yeah, yeah. even though it's technically not magic so it's something that is out there something that mm-hmm. exists
1: i'm wondering if that's what they're gonna do
2: um the other thing is uh because you know i haven't talked about gargoyles in a long time mm-hmm. Is you know gargoyles had that thing where it's like energy is energy regardless of where it comes from so you can right. use a force field to keep a demon away because it's energy right so it's like it's all it's, it's all like the same thing spell. right yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yep, cool. All right, Matthew, what are you reviewing for us this week?
0: Steven Universe, number one. Yeah,
1: out this week from, uh, I think it's from Kaboom. Kaboom. But Boom Kaboom. Studios, It's uh, Kaboom is their imprint. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. Our world is protected from threats large and small by the Crystal Gems, a group of intergalactic warriors who use their special gemstone powers. Garnet, Amethyst. Pearl and Steven.
1: I just want to Ooh, form no, a giant apparently. lady. Isn't yeah, that what it is? Form a, a giant, giant woman? Giant woman, yeah.
0: yeah. And I'll be the head. Um, Steven apparently inherited his mother's super gem powers. And there's a lot of referential stuff going on here. There's a little bit of kind of a Green Lantern vibe and a little bit, actually, a lot of magical girl show. Mm-hmm. Which is very close to the the Super Sentai that I love. Now I'm going to tell you, I've never sat and watched an episode of Steven Universe.
1: I think it's only been out for one season, right? It's yeah. only doesn't have a whole yeah. lot of episodes out right now.
0: The Widget enjoys it, and I do enjoy the character designs. I think the character design is just ridiculously cool, and I blame the whole thing kind of on Adventure Time because yes. they had you know same creators. You have that Adventure Time sort of vibe here. But the thing that's interesting is that with the exception of Steven, who's a little kid, most of our cast is female superheroes, which Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. is kind of neat. This issue basically gives you the breakdown of Steven's life. They're kind of hanging out. It's apparently I don't know if it's Steven's birthday or what, but weird things are happening. There's a plot with a... They're going to have to use their powers to try and Save this alien gem. And throughout the issue, I love the fact that the art is really, really quirky, even, you know, based on what I've seen of the show. And it has hand-drawn and what looks like hand-lettered balloons, which remind me of the underground comics of the 70s and 80s, so I'm totally on board. Um, but it it has the little touches that are nice. They're in the middle of a terrible, you know, situation, and Stephen's like, "I bought us new sunglasses to wear." <laughs> and you know, at one point, a character who can change shape changes shape into an ostrich and is running away, and Stephen's like, "It's not fun to. It's not funny to make fun of her nose." Because the ostrich beak looks like one of the other characters' noses. And there's a little quiet discussion about how we don't want to hurt her feelings. But come on, my nose doesn't work with an ostrich face. I really enjoy this whole issue. I enjoy some of the backup stories a little bit more. Because they're trying to make a cake. The logical one takes all of the elemental compounds that make up a cake and ends up creating a poison gas cloud. Mm-hmm. And the the other one is like, she takes a bunch of candy and a bunch of cookies and throws them in a pan and sticks it in the oven. And finally, the cool girl, by the way, who has giant square hair, shows up with this beautiful cake. And when they cut into it, it's all icing, which, of course, Stephen loves. And they all have a cake just made entirely of icing. It's cute. It's fun. And the only thing that really ruins it for me is the presence of Uncle Grandpa in the back of the book. Mm-hmm. I try not to be that guy. I am. Uh, I. I am not.
1: I just don't care for it. I just. I don't I, get it. Maybe it's. It's, it's obviously not, not geared for me because me. I don't exactly. get that show it's, at all. And I, believe me, I have tried me, it a couple and of times. So I just, yeah. Now let me ask you: Even, is you this know, is this a yes. retre- is this a retread or retelling of like one of the first episodes of Steven Universe? I don't know I if have the you've seen.
4: Idea. Okay.
2: I don't know if you've yeah. seen. It's, as it's as funny because I have, but he like I've. You've watched, watched it the show, religiously. haven't, Haven't? Nah, I can't because I don't get Cartoon oh, yeah, Network, yeah. Um, right. but I, I've watched a few episodes. Like, I've seen the first episode, haven't read the comic. Yeah. Matthew read the comic, hasn't seen the first episode. Okay. So we should have gotten together ahead of time and compared notes and seen if it was. I, I'm going to bet you it isn't. Okay. I, I would bet it, it I bet wouldn't it be either.
0: It's definitely aimed at young kids. It reminds me of the Dynamite magazines that I read growing up in the late Cretaceous period. There's actually a page in the back which is a recipe for an everything bagel hot dog, which, by the way, we have to try, guys. Um, you you, you, you haven't had bagel bun you haven't had you put, bagel
1: hot dogs before.
0: You you put the cream cheese on the bun, you put a hot dog in the middle, and then you coat it with scallions and poppy seeds no, and garlic I'm and out. all the things from an everything bagel. I'm out. How can you be out? It's an everything bagel, dude.
1: Yeah, but not with a hot dog on it. I like my bagels one of two ways: plain uh, or with raisins. Uh, <laughs> plain or vanilla. Yes, exactly. If I uh, wanted, if I wanted an omelet uh, on top of my okay. bagel, I would have ordered an omelet on top never, of my bagel. We one, are never
0: going to Einstein brothers together.
2: Oh, I you love Einstein. I think one it's great. cup of no. water for me to dip my bagel into, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that it's extra boiled. But yes, yeah, Stephen Universe number 1 is a fun book. It's a book that I think would appeal to actual kid readers. I hope that the kid readers get to it. It's good to see people targeting actual younger readers. And I think that, you know, it's not to the point where, you know, when Widget and I were reading My Little Pony, there were jokes aimed directly at me the dad. But there's stuff here that I can definitely enjoy, and I really, really kind of love the character designs enough to where I can just, yeah, I can look at this book all day long. It's fascinating in the design work. It's really kind of entertaining to read, but it's just a fun book. Four slices of meatloaf for Steven Universe, number one.
1: Excellent. That is out this week from Boom Studios. And, Rodrigo, you've got something from Zenoscope Entertainment. So this could go one of two ways, either really
2: good Mm -hmm. or really bad. That's right. But it will in fact be a, going a third way in which I don't much Absurd- care for it. No. Um yeah, so I have Masumi Blades of Sin number 1. Um and unfortunately when I saw this I was like, oh good, a number 1 issue. This will be yeah, a yeah, good yeah. jumping on point and it is. I mean, to a certain degree, but this is kind of like a volume 2. Mm. Um so the first half of the issue is the character kind of walking down the street recounting everything that's happened. So it's like, um, it's like, uh, I was chosen to carry these blades and I hunted down these demons and then the big demon killed my boyfriend. Then I killed the big demon and now he lives in my sword. And then there's like three pages left. um, uh, Over which you kind of get into this uh, family uh, discussion of whether the, um, this cousin that she literally just met it, over the course of this issue, uh, is trained enough to take over the family, uh, demon slaying business in case something happens to the main character. Oh, okay. Um, also her boyfriend might be, uh, on the side of the demons. Does he wear a top hat and a mask? He does not. Okay. No, he would. That guy's not on the side of the demons, Steve. Oh, okay. that guy is the know, secret moon prince. Oh, okay, God. <laughs> anyway, good lord. Uh, other than that, um, the art is okay. Um, the characters, the character design is distinctive enough. On the girls, a lot of the guys look very similar. Yeah. Um, I'm not crazy about this. It. You know, I, I mean, again, I think this is probably a good jumping on point, but this is probably not the series for me. I'm mm. just, I, I'm I'm really not terribly interested in what's going on. It's kind of a bad girl comic. Oh. Um,
1: you had me interested when you said uh, the family demon hunting business. I was like, oh, that sounds like a cool hook.
2: Yeah, but she's like the last one left. Oh. Although they did mention that she maybe has cousins somewhere else. Mm. Um. I I'm sure it'll probably be explored. I mean you hope if it if it gets brought up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, if it makes it to it a third explored. volume. Um But I, I again I'm 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 really not, not terribly interested in this. It's kinda cool because she has an evil talking sword. Um but not like
1: the uh was it the belt in uh what's the the girl uh crap it? It's from Dark Horse. With ninja, Nin- ninjet, and
2: uh, oh, oh, you mean the the demon wolf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, Empowered? Yeah, Empowered. Empowered. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, it's not no, like, It's, it's cool, not cool like that. Not quite. He is that the demon is not as over the top. He's mostly just kind of this like uh, he's like kind of like a reverse Jiminy Cricket. Oh, okay. It's just like do bad things. <laughs> you probably can't accomplish this. Let's go get drunk tonight. Yeah, except not. Except not funny, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of unfortunate. But uh, then again, know. this that voice in the sword was a major antagonist mm-hmm. of a previous of the previous volume uh, it seems okay. so they probably have to treat him with some amount of respect yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the authors do um so still though um i've seen it done and i've seen it done well but you know i'm just really not that interested there's nothing wrong with this comic it just kind of wasn't doing it for me i'm going to give it two and a half slices of meatloaf art is fine story's fine uh, it is so a big your taste big catch-up issue so again good jumping on point but not not really doing it for me
1: cool thank you for that rodrigo and if zach were here you know what i bet he would review this week what gravity falls that? second season of gravity falls landed on disney xd last mm-hmm. night first uh, episode actually landed on itunes like a week or so ago um and the second episode is you know
2: obviously out now wow what a show Are you guys familiar with gravity falls all i all i really know from it is that Kristen shawl is blowing up right now I don't know who that is. She's the voice of the girl. Oh, okay. Who's also the Rainbow. voice of the girl, of one of the girls in Bob's Burgers. Oh, okay. Who's also on the, the Daily Show. Who's okay. also the voice of a dinosaur in Toy Story. Interesting. And actually, oh, I know she who she is. Also, actually, okay, I know who she is now. She's yeah. also
0: a horse. Soon yeah.
1: As
2: soon as you said, Shop. as soon as you said, as soon as you said Toy Story, I know who you're talking about. Yep. And yeah, and she's, she's really got good. A, she's got a show on Hulu right now. So yeah, yeah, she and, is really good. So Gravity
1: Falls is about two twins, brother sister, who end up in this small Oregon town called Gravity Falls. Staying with their great uncle Stan, who runs the Mystery Shack, which is just like this roadside attraction where he basically is trying to chisel money it's out a of tourist people. Trap. Yeah, a tourist trap kind of thing. And while they are out uh, in the woods one day, um, what's the boy's name? I forget. A dip, uh, Dipper finds this mysterious book that has all the secret history of Gravity Falls and how there's monsters and paranormal stuff that goes on. And there's three books, and there's people who are trying to get after the books, and there's a lot of craziness that goes on. First season, I thought, was really, really solid. solid. It ended with a a great cliffhanger where a grunkle Stan was um, uh, lit off this ancient machine, or supposedly an ancient machine. Season two kicked off this week, and... The first episode didn't follow up immediately after that moment. Instead, they decide to have a karaoke party and they unwittingly uh, Dipper unwittingly uh, releases zombies onto Mm. the town. And the only way that they can kill him is through a three part harmony. And they do that. And then the second episode was they're going after trying to find out who the author is of of these uh, mysterious books that everyone's after. And Dipper gets his heart broken because he's in love with the uh, the older girl. Uh, in that works at the mystery shack. And so it's, it's really touching, but the animation is really good. Yeah. If you like Phineas and Ferb, you're going to like the animation in this. If you like your conspiracy theory, paranormal activity, X files type stuff, I think you're going to enjoy gravity falls. And then it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of humor in it. Um, it's a great series and I think people should be checking it out. It's actually been quite some time since, uh, it's almost been a year and a half. I want to say since the first season originally aired mm-hmm. uh so disney bringing this back is kind of a big deal and i hope more people check it out and i didn't know anything about it until scroll brian i was wearing my fez the other day and, and uh grunkle stan uh where's the uh, where's a fez all the time and he made a comment about that it's like what are you talking about and he's like oh you gotta watch gravity falls and mm-hmm. i just so happened they were doing a gravity falls marathon that night we watched three or four episodes and then we went back and watched the whole first season so it's it's a really good show it's it's a lot of fun uh the oldest boy loves it and uh I think it's gonna be a good good season, so we'll see what happens next. So I would say Gravity Falls gets four and a half slices of meatloaf. Wow. There are some things that I wish they would tweak just slightly. Yeah. Um, but uh it was it's an enjoyable it's an enjoyable show. And these first two episodes were really, really great. Have you got a chance to catch up on uh, Legend of
2: Korra? Now yeah. that it's no yeah. longer gonna oh, be yeah. on TV anymore. Oh yeah, I'm 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 caught up on Korra. All right. Still okay? Yeah. Actually it's great. I'm gonna have to track it down now
1: because I haven't all I got to see is the first episode. Yeah, and I go, haven't seen anything else. Go to,
2: go to Nick.com. I think all the Nick.
1: episodes are up Dot there. Com. I hope a lot of people flood Nick's website and overload their servers of people wanting to watch Legend of Korra. Speaking of overloaded servers, we had mm-hmm. a wasn't our problem. A lot of people were saying that they were having problems getting into the website uh, over the last couple of days. It was not our fault. It wasn't our server's fault. It was actually something to do with how the big backbone networks were trying to connect to... That batch of servers at our internet service provider, GoDaddy, mm-hmm. and apparently they got it fixed up. So what was happening was basically no one outside of the United States could access the site Wow, is because I know that there were some people from uh, Great Britain that were saying they couldn't access it, and it was super, super slow if you were trying to access it in the United States. So they told me that it's all fixed. It was running fine today. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to uh, fill up the site with a bunch of sneak peeks today. So should be fine. And if you have any problems with the site, all you need to do is drop me an email, podcast at Majorspoilers.com, and we will get right on it. Speaking of getting right on it. Yeah. Get right on the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week.
0: All of the
4: Week.
1: <laughs> you know, a lot of people make fun of Aquaman. Um Why? I don't. I don't know. I think they think he's a lame character. You know, he's like he's People kind of the, a lot stupid. The next uh, Warner Brothers. Direct animated video, a direct video movie is going to be Throne of Atlantis adaptation from Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. where it's basically no, it it's not basically it is an Aquaman centered story, right? But it got me wondering. Of the aquatic heroes, and I should put heroes in quotation marks because right. there is some question on whether Submariner is actually a hero or a a villain just depends on who's writing him, I guess. But what aquatic hero is more recognizable to the general public? Is it Aquaman or is it Submariner? I say Aquaman. Mm -hmm. Is that who you would say, Rodrigo? Oh, absolutely. Matthew.
0: Oh yeah. Aquaman was in the super friends. Everybody knows Aquaman. And the reason that people say the silly things that they do about Aquaman is because they know Aquaman. Nobody had Terrible opinions about Rocket Raccoon or Iron Man before mm-hmm. the movies came out because they didn't have a high enough profile.
1: Well, and that's what, you know, that's what I was, that's kind of what I was getting at because before, when Guardians of the Galaxy was announced, people were like, who the hell are these characters? And certainly sure. a talking tree and a talking raccoon open up for a crap ton of ridicule. Mm-hmm. And yet Dude, Aquaman he's is. the
0: monarch of Planet X. He's not just a talking tree. And, he's a king.
1: And you have. Aquaman who talks to fishes that everybody decides to crap on. And I would bet six, seven years ago, eh, maybe eight years ago, because you got to put it past before the first Iron Man movie. If you asked the general public, you showed them a picture of Iron Man, you showed them a picture of Aquaman. I bet you they'd recognize uh, Aquaman a, a before they recognized
2: percent, yes, Iron Man. Absolutely. absolutely. I'd be like, what you got there, some kind of robot? Is, yeah. that, is that a buff robot, C-3PO? That's, yeah, yeah.
0: That's, that's Robot Man.
1: Yeah, I just I just don't think that... I think a lot of people aren't giving Aquaman his due. Uh, it got, and, it's, and it's interesting that they're just not, you know, all this talk about a Justice League movie, and they're super playing down any mention of Aquaman in, yeah. in any kind of talk that they have, either public or through the rumor mill. Well, except Jason Momoa possibly playing Aquaman. Right.
2: I think uh, it just got to be a popular thing. Like seriously, there was a stand-up comedian that just made a joke about Aquaman, I'm pretty sure, or like a late-night guy, that just make, mm-hmm. made a joke about Aquaman being lame, and it really caught on, and it just kind of caught on to the back of, like, the American cerebellum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, ha-ha, Aquaman is so lame and funny. And it became something easy that you can reference. It's like, um, you know, the they started doing jokes about the French surrendering at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. and it became a super easy joke to do. Yeah, it, And people do it constantly. People yeah. are constantly like, Oh, ha, ha, the French surrender. Like that's not something that comes to us from world war two. That's a recent thing that mm-hmm. somebody brought back mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh, ha ha ha. The French, like that's just something well, that, that, that was has was, caught on that was and become Monty shorthand Python
1: probably making fun of them in the sixties. Sure. Yeah. Um, I wonder, though, you know, a lot of people in the comment section have mentioned Aquaman's appearance in Batman Brave and the Bold, which I think if yeah. you're going to do an Aquaman, that is the best way to do. That an is Aquaman. probably
2: the best. It's probably the best characterization of Aquaman because it's the most distinct, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, there have been others that are fine. I mean, he's fine. The, the the issue with some of the other characterizations of Aquaman is that if you look at uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited Aquaman, he's kind of like this brash kind of eco-terrorist guy and the mm-hmm. biggest problem with that is that that's namor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that's yeah. kind of like their riff on namor. Mm-hmm. Um and you kind of can't do that cuz that's the other aqua guy <laughs> <schtick.
4: laughs>
1: Yeah. So what would it take Matthew to get submariner to at least be on the same radar level as as aquaman?
0: A decent movie. Um I mean the same thing that we're seeing with the Guardians of the Galaxy. There are going to be kids growing up saying Star-Lord is the coolest, whereas Star-Lord has been around since 1977, and literally from 77 to about 90, he appeared maybe a dozen times. Mm-hmm. There was a point where Star-Lord appeared in the Marvel Age book, and the joke was, hi, I'm Star-Lord, I'm appearing here so my copyright doesn't lapse because nobody ever uses me. Mm-hmm. That was the actual joke in Star Lord's appearance, and also the reason why he appeared in Marvel Age because mm-hmm. there was no project. And when they brought him back in like the year 2000 or so as a supporting character in Thanos, nobody knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, five ten years from now, your kids are going to go, "Yeah, Star Lord. He's one of those awesome heroes. He's always been awesome." I don't know if I don't and know. I think all it's going to take is one interesting. Thing done with him. One good story that people see.
1: Yeah. Is that a Fantastic Four story? Is that a Fantastic yeah. Four movie?
2: It's it it's interesting because I mean we don't I certainly don't know for sure where Namor's rights are tied up. Yeah. Um it could be Well, he's
1: been described as he's been an Avenger, yeah. right? He's been a defender. Yeah. He's been an he's been labeled as a mutant, and he's, he's, he's been labeled also, as the first mutant. He's also been an invader. And he's also been an
0: invader. Was, so he was an actual X Man for yeah, yeah, with the X belt buckle. He's belonged to everything. Yeah, Namor's been around longer than Aquaman. Namor predates Aquaman.
1: Yeah, he's one of the, He's like one of the very first. Or one of the earliest superheroes because it was—it's always seemed like uh, Namor and the Human Torch, uh, mm-hmm. the very first right. Human Torch, not Fantastic Four, Human Torch, yeah. were always battling one another and Submariner right. versus the Nazis and all that stuff. Yep. So yeah, he's been a character that's been around a long time and, and predates Marvel, in fact. So um, Marvel, the official company, right? Uh, right. So Marvel, yeah, it's
0: Marvel Comics as we know them.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh most people basically say the exact same thing that uh, Aquaman is yeah. more recognizable.
0: <laughs> 96%. I, I didn't I figured 4%. that
1: most people would would go that way. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah.
2: And it's and it's absolutely okay. 100% Super Friends. I mm-hmm. mean every character oh, yeah. that was uh, just because the Super Friends cartoon is actually so incredibly recognizable um you know people people will respond to it and DC uh, you know if you compare the two characters DC has done a much better job of at least splashing Aquaman onto things, yeah, Whereas yeah. Namor, yeah. not see so what much. You, did there. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: you can go and buy Aquaman shirts. Yep, you can buy Aquaman shirts, like and you
1: can buy Aquaman Clark. merchandise. You can go, uh, obviously, through the for, Amazon more link more over at Majorspoilers.com. dot yeah, you don't
2: see a lot of name merchandise. merchandise,
0: you have to go to a comic store. You have to go to specifically that niche store, or or Speedo that references the guys. That nobody's yeah, you yeah.
2: Can you can <laughs> just buy
0: <laughs> a green, green funny, you know. Speedo,
1: have a Speedo that's got
4: <laughs> more right there a green on the front.
0: <laughs> do not want to see it. That's all
1: I'm oh, we should probably give a shout out to our friends at TweakedAudio.com for sponsoring this episode of the Major Spoilers podcast. Tweaked Audio that's where you want to go to get some great headsets or earbuds. I don't know what do you call them headsets, earbuds. Headbuds. Headbuds. Head. Things you put in your, your earholes. Grab those things that you put in their ear holes. They've got a lot of different styles and colors. I love them all. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have if I didn't discover tweaked audio. If I didn't have a pair sitting here, I'd probably be, be in misery because I'd be missing things that each of us said in the show. Yeah. The the tweaked but. audio earbuds have great sound. They produce great music, they produce great talk, so whether you're listening to your favorite band What's Zach's favorite band of the moment, do you think?
2: Uh well there uh, yeah, was a Fire lot of Weekend. there was a lot of Iver there you go. at their wedding. Oh
1: well then there you go. So you can cram that in Who's your that? ear and listen to it. Uh maybe you want to just person? listen to your favorite podcast, like uh what's one of what's one of our favorite podcasts that we do here at Major Spoilers? Critical Hit. Critical Hit. You can be listening yeah. to that and you hear everything. You could also, if you've got a a, a cell phone, because i been I need to Make sure that I'm carrying my tweaked audio earbuds because the last couple of days when I've gone to pick up the boy, sure enough, the phone rings. Someone wants to have a business meeting right in the car. I'm like, I'm kind of driving right now. Good thing is you have those earbuds with the optional microphone built in. You can just drive and still have that one earbud in and have a conversation and keep both hands on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, Best part of all, you go to tweakedaudio.com. You use the checkout code major. You get 30% off the price. Whoa. 30 well it's actually probably more like 33%. That's even better. You can put 33.33 three three with third. a line over the top of it mm-hmm. if you want to be more specific because mm-hmm. it uh, repeats.
0: I just do 33 and a third.
1: So instead of paying $34 or almost $35 for a pair of Tweaked Audio headbuds, you can get them for 27 $27 for your headbuds. Nice. <laughs> Tweakedaudio.com like we thank them for their support. Uh, oh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do it a couple of different ways. Podcast at Majorspoilers.com or you can call the Major Spoilers hotline. I think we have some messages built up that I'll play at the end of the show. But you can call that hotline 785-727-1939. Aww. Leave your message and we will get it on a future episode. So we promised we would talk more Guardians of the Galaxy. We talked about that at the uh, top oh. of the show, the movie. But if you watch the credits, you'll notice that Guardians of the Galaxy credit, credited to Abnett and Lanning in the current run, yep. not the old original yeah. guardians of the galaxy, which did have, what was the uh, blue haired guy with the Mohawk? Uh, Star Fox. Yondu. No, Yondu, Yondu. Yondu. Oh. Yondu was original, was one of the original guardians of the galaxy in the very first series that they had way back when this is based on the advent
0: 69.
1: Yeah. Um, but of much different Yondu, I guess some people are upset that he doesn't have the crazy, uh, Mohawk and, the. Right. Costumes. Well, that's, the-
0: that's actually a, a kind of like a fin. Yeah. And the reason people are mad about it is because in the, in, back in the day at Marvel, your thing was Iron Man was the shell head. Captain America was wing head. Uh, Spider Man was web head. Yandu was called flag head because his little crest looked like a flag. You took away his blank head thing. Mm. You can't, you can't do that. That, I mean, that's a big deal. Daredevil was Hornhead. Mm. These are important. Mm. Uh, Quicksilver was Butthead. Mm.
2: She-Hulk was (laughs) Longhairhead. So this week we are
1: picking up the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 Legacy. This uh, is a series that launches out of Annihilation Conquest. Now we did Annihilation. What was the first thing that we did with Annihilation?
2: We reviewed it on the show.
1: Yeah, we reviewed it a long time ago. It was a long time.
0: Annihilation.
1: Maybe it was just called that. or it was.
2: It was the first volume of Annihilation.
1: And it it featured Drax, so we were all familiar with Drax. And uh, so this one takes place after Annihilation Conquest. They've defeated Thanos, and Peter Quill is trying to get the old gang back together to protect the universe. Now, it should be pointed out that for those of you who have not read any Guardians of the Galaxy from Marvel, and it doesn't come as a big surprise because I think they canceled that series because of low sales at one point. uh,
4: Um,
1: Right? I'm pretty sure. One thing that you have to keep in mind if you're coming from the movie is there are some other guardians in this book that are not in the movie. So we get the addition of Adam Warlock. Yes. And we get, um, what's her name? Polar Polaris. Quasar.
0: Quasar. Quasar. Why do you you want to call her Pulsar? I want to call her
2: Pulsar for some reason. Different, different.
0: Pulsar. Celestial body. Pulsar with Monica Rambeau. But interestingly... Both this Quasar and the girl named Pulsar were both named Captain Marvel at one point in their career. Well, there
1: you go. That name gets around. There you go. That's <laughs> doesn't it, though. And then you have Mantis, who's a, kind of like a telepath mm-hmm. kind of person. Now, there yes. are some things. Now, people could argue that Adam Warlock was in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, just like he was at the end of the um, Avengers movie. I think it was the Avengers movie. or No, Thor, the Dark World, because at the end of Thor, to the Dark World, where they go to see the collector, mm-hmm. you see this big cocoon like thing. Mm-hmm. That's uh, uh-huh. in one of the uh, glass Adam cabinets. That's an Adam Warlock cocoon. Mm-hmm. So one could argue that Adam Warlock is in, in the movies. Yes. Um, yes, briefly. Mantis is not, but Cosmo, the dog right. that, that runs um, the Nowhere Station, <laughs> right. is he's, in the Guardians of the Galaxy dog. movie. Yeah. He doesn't, so
4: talk, I, in
2: doesn't talk in the movie. He doesn't
1: talk in the movie. And some people were like, are you sure that that's Cosmo and not. The actual Russian dog that they sent up into space. Uh, it, it's got to be. Cosmo. And I and I yeah, say it's got to be Cosmo yeah. in that case. Oh, yeah. So what are some other... Let's ask Rodrigo since he's seen the
2: movie. What are some other things that are that are similar between the book and the movie? Things that are similar between the book and the movie. Well, the majority of the team is there. Okay. Um. That's it. I think the <laughs> I mean, only, it's, the it's only pretty, other thing is... The, it's action-packed. Yeah. But other than that, that's, that's about it. Yeah, the pretty story much. is not very similar the circumstances of them coming together are not similar at all Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i would say the only
1: other thing that's somewhat similar is the nowhere uh, station right right it's it's a celestial head in the movie right it's a celestial head here in the book but beyond the fact that they're there mining out the good parts of this ancient god Mm -hmm. um it's basically just a way station between the multiverse? Not really the multiverse.
2: No, it's just it's like a it's a it's a it's an easy place to teleport from is yeah, basically okay. what it comes Is down that what to. they explain it in? In, in the book it is,
1: yeah. yeah. Other than that, you're right. That's about it. Uh you've got a talking raccoon, you've got a little baby groot that's yeah. growing. Mm-hmm. If anything, here's the way whenever I read Legacy, I was like, Oh, this is a almost seems like a natural transition from the movie into reading the comics.
2: Yeah, you could you could see that.
1: Because it all it does feel very much like, okay, we've already done our thing. Now let's get the gang back together and go save the universe. What were you going to there's say, Matthew?
0: Another, there's another Guardian that we haven't talked about who appears briefly as well. Who's that? One of the founder, the founders of the original Guardians of the Galaxy back in 69, Vance Astro, appears in these pages in his major victory, guys, carrying Captain America's shield.
1: So there's a couple of things that are happening here. Um, we've got this crazy religious group. That is, I don't know what they're trying to do. To destroy the universe, apparently. The
0: church of Universal Truth. No, they're trying to save the universe.
1: Well, they're doing it in such a bad way because they've opened up all these fissures that are letting weird
2: things through. Well, no, they 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 didn't open the fissures. The fissures were caused by the annihilation. Ah, uh, okay. Again, it's right. like it, another difference between this and the comics. You have to have read seventeen issues yeah, yeah, yeah. for most of these things to make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Um Right. But uh, yeah, so, so the fissures the come from the annihilation wave. The church doesn't care about the fissures. So when the Guardians of the Galaxy are like, "Hey, let's close this up," the, the church is like, "I hit you in the head with a hammer." Yeah, because yeah. they don't care. Yeah. yeah, so they're kind of a the, minor the threat. Actually,
0: comes out of out of Adam Warlock's backstory, and they were a major universal threat. Basically, they're trying to make everyone a believer. Yes, and or destroy everyone who isn't.
1: Yes,
2: they don't like daydream believers at all.
0: Right, because
2: um, because comics aren't subtle. So you have the church <laughs> chasing. The guy named Warlock, yes, yeah, and and then you and so that's one plot that kind of kind of works out,
1: and then um, at one point, all the Guardians, everybody is stranded on nowhere because somebody has blown up the teleportation units, mm-hmm. and they discover that, and then suddenly out of nowhere comes, um, what's his name, Captain Victory,
0: Major Victory, Major Victory, out of the future, my friend, not out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, no, and he no, actually lives. They live uh, in nowhere. The, he actually comes out of one right. of the fissures, hmm? and then that right. creates, and then that causes an antagonist to show up who wants to battle him, saying things aren't right because I'm from the future and I know the future, and the right. little subtle changes are here, and the Guardians of the Galaxy shouldn't exist at this time. And uh, then, oh, by the way, this series lands right in the middle of uh, Secret Invasion.
2: Ugh! So now we have to throw <laughs> in a scroll. scroll! Good, good job, by the way, uh, writers. Yeah. In yeah. really, really thoroughly circumventing yes, secret invasion while still playing paying lip service to it. This was a this yeah, was play, a grade. Them. It was just like an A plus effort in continuing to write your story, even though uh, editorial is forcing you to do something. Yes, and I
1: thought it was it was number one. It was very natural. Number one, because it's like, oh, um, so the scroll have blown up the transport station. So there must be other scroll here on the ship or on the space station or whatever you want to call it. And. Um, and so that leads to this witch hunt and then a big battle and then an explanation of why these scroll are around and why everyone should protect them instead of just annihilating them outright. And I thought that was really well Which done. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's a really nice deconstruction. Of the whole secret invasion paranoia. And that, I mean, that is one of the things that Abnett and Lanning are famous for, in my estimation, is taking something that has an obvious ending and really giving you a subversion and saying, yes, we all know where this story is going to... No, you don't. You don't know where it's going to end. And I really enjoy the fact that we get into this whole mess of let's all seek out and kill the scrolls and then it turns out to be something entirely different and more complex and more satisfying
2: mm-hmm. also a great scene where like another character shows up and like holy crap scrolls yeah, yeah and yeah. then all the guys that have already shown up have to fight that guy yeah and it's like okay okay i get it i get what well, the scrolls are here new character shows up oh my god scrolls <laughs> and starts fighting again yeah 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 <laughs>
0: a lot of telepaths in this book, too. Like, yeah. half our cast is telepathic. By the way, Starhawk is another member of the future 30th century Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: Mm, interesting. Yes. Yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy as a property runs into a lot of issues because of its genesis, uh, which right. is picking all of the space Cosmic super type, guys yeah. and bringing them together... There are a lot of issues. For example, a dozen telepaths being mm-hmm. on the team, um, like two green ladies. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, and it's again, you you get into something like you look at Nova and you look at Star Lord and put their helmets off, they look, yeah, exactly, yeah, they look, the look exactly the same. They exactly the same, yeah. And it's because they were designed they, at different times by different people. Mm-hmm um for different purposes. Vein, yeah. Yeah, 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 to basically be the same character. Well, that's what I was gonna, I was asking Matthew earlier before the show began. I was like, "What's
1: the deal with Star-Lord's costume because it's not a Nova costume? What yeah. what is he? What why is he wearing something that looks like steampunk policeman?" Well, because it's again I don't know. things that are totally different from the movies to here, that costume yeah not in any way, shape, or form looks anything like what you see in the movies. Yeah.
2: Although there's elements of what I like in the comic I would have well, liked to have seen. The, the mask is similar, but he doesn't wear the helmet yeah. on top yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the thing, I think, coming out of Annihilation Conquest, I want to say that those uniforms somehow came out of the characters being imprisoned together. Mm. And I, I, did, yeah. I can't remember... Because uh, they they did a Guardians, well, sort of a proto Guardians of the Galaxy with Captain Universe and Groot and Rocket. Yes, where they brought these characters together in Annihilation Conquest. Mm-hmm. And I I want to say that those were either prison uniforms or they were just like generic uniforms that everyone was given. And Star Lord kind of turned his into his thing. Oh, into his thing.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah, because Mantis also Mantis and Rocket in yep. this issue both wear variations on the uniform. Yeah. And, you know, Adam wears his standard Thunderbolts over the shoulders thing, and Drax just wears a nice pair of slacks that he got from the Toughskins Husky collection. But what it comes down to is the characters who came out of Annihilation Conquest as part of that storyline still wear the uniform. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly don't know why it looks like a, a World War One gas mask.
4: Yeah,
1: that's what I just... With a I, Kaiser helmet on top. It's like a... a sp- Steampunk Space steampunk is what it is. Prussian. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. I mean, I like the look. I think there's a, a very cool look to it. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I like it when it's not drawn by Paul Pelletier.
1: So you had, a, you had a problem with some of the art in this book?
0: Oh, I have a problem with all of the art in this book. And <laughs> why this, is that? this goes back to well, it goes back to the 1990s. Paul Pelletier is a an artist who I understand why he gets work. He has a very distinctive style. He works well. He works on time. But much as when Tom Grummet, who drew Superboy for years, draws as someone, they always look like a teenager. Mm-hmm. Paul Pelletier has two faces that he draws. There's massive, enormous, broad chin. Or there's just kind of ridiculously wide chin and very cartoony features as far as if he... It, If someone else were drawing the heads, (laughs) and honestly, I I will give Inker Rick Magyar a lot of credit in this book because he does, you know, he does really mute a lot of the problems I have, but they're still there. Pelletier's faces are weird to me, and his jawlines always feel really huge, and everybody feels kind of cartoony and out of proportion to me. Especially if you look at Adam Warlock, Adam Warlock is wearing a variation on one of his old suits. It desperately needs a cape for balance. Yeah. It needs a cape. It has... Yeah, absolutely. If you stick a cape on that, that'll be one of the best outfits that Adam Warlock has ever worn. But they won't stick a cape on it. And it drives me nuts. But yeah, and I don't know exactly if I can describe it. I mean, there's nothing that's bad. His drafting is wonderful. He draws a Russian space dog that looks like a Russian space dog.
1: I mean, I I, I don't care... I don't like the look of Rocket Raccoon because – and I I honestly think it's because leading up to Guardians of the Galaxy, we've seen what a real raccoon looks like. Sure. And then I've also seen Scotty Young, which I really love Scotty Young's take on Marvel (laughs) characters because he makes them cutesy and young and these kinds of things. And his Rocket Raccoon is really a cool drawing. Mm -hmm. And so then when you see this one where the uh, cheeks are a lot fatter and the eyes are a lot smaller – it just right. uh, some for me. It just doesn't work,
2: you know. Guys like Rocket Raccoon, like Howard the Duck, yeah. Like I don't know, uh, even even monster guys like Modok and things like that. Yeah, th- artists feel a lot more free when interpreting them, mm-hmm. so you do get a Rocket yeah. Raccoon that honestly kind of doesn't look like a raccoon, no.
1: Which is kind of nice because yeah. it, you know the way that Rocket. He's a genetic experiment. Mm-hmm. So if it right. kind of sort of looks like a raccoon, sure, then, yeah, I think that that's good. But then they just need to keep it at rocket. Yeah. So
0: if you go back to his earliest appearances, he actually looks like a raccoon. raccoon yeah, 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 right? yeah, Yeah. Which is in its own way, just as alienating because raccoons don't have expressive faces. Oh, I don't know that
1: that raccoon that ravages around in our uh, backyard at night. He tells the funniest jokes with that laugh of his.
0: If you go back, though, to the (laughs) 1986 Rocket Raccoon series, which was drawn by Mike Mignola from Hellboy. Yeah. It's hard for me to read that because Rocket has a raccoon face with little black button eyes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's trying to eat my soul. Make him stop. Yeah. Groot is also signed lo- sidelined for pretty much all of oh, yeah. first volume. Well, and
1: that's why story. that's why I said that this volume feels very much like what happens next after you watch Guardians of the Galaxy the movie because Groot and is more, this little stick. Yeah, you know, I think. Well, Thanks. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mentioned to Matthew a long time ago mm-hmm. that I was in the store and, at, in the toy aisle and I found this Guardians of the Galaxy collection that had right. Groot in a pot mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure it was before this series came out or oh. maybe right around the same time yeah because yeah. it had rocket and then it had groot as the little tiny yeah the box little, the
0: yeah. box set came out at the same time as this series
1: okay so it shouldn't be then as a super surprise in that but um, yeah, yeah i guess i could see it as a spoiler for some people so spoiler alert um Dude. real real quick thing real quick thing about rocket raccoon though uh related to the movie and related to the creator bill uh Mantlo. Um, He was in a, I want to say, a traffic accident uh, years ago. uh,
0: He was hit by a car while roller skating.
1: Yes. And so he's basically incapacitated. But Marvel did a really cool thing where they arranged a very, very private showing for Bill and his brother to see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy so that Bill could see Rocket Raccoon brought to life on the big screen. And I think that that is really nice for Disney and for Marvel to put that on. Uh, it was one of Marvel's a, uh, attorneys, uh, David Althoff, and Marvel's vice president, David Bogart, uh, both made that possible. And I'm pretty sure – now, some people were like, oh, well, Disney and Marvel should do the right thing by by paying these creators. I'm pretty sure that today, anytime movie properties are made, creators are getting paid. So hopefully Bill was able to get some money, and that's my understanding, is that, that he got some money uh, from the fact that he's the creator of Rocket hopefully. Raccoon. And I'm pretty sure he did. But Bill is also still in need of additional help. And so you can go online and you can look up Bill Mantlo and you can find out his uh, the Bill Mantlo project on Facebook has more information on that that you can find it out. But I thought that was very nice of uh, of Disney and Marvel to arrange that for him.
0: And he is credited as creator. Yes, he is. He is so yeah. All the cra- I don't know if that means anything in terms of, of a split.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it really does. And I, I forget who it was. I um, it wasn't Ghost Rider because that's the one that's still the most contentious. But uh, somebody else more recently is credited as one of the creators of one of these Marvel universe characters, and they're like, "Yeah, I got I got a check for this." Just like when they tried when DC tried to give uh, uh, Alan Moore a check for Watchmen.
0: Yeah. you know they're like, they're paying Alan, these people. Alan,
2: out. Alan, come take this check. I don't no. want your filthy no. money. <laughs>
0: I wonder if Steve Englehart gets any money for Star-Lord.
1: Uh, I'm sure because he's credited. Steve Gerber's credited. I mean, everybody,
0: every Jim character
1: Starlin? in the movie, I'm pretty sure at the. No, no. Abner and Lanning are credited for Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Um, right. uh, Star, Starlin created Gamora. Uh, Bill Mantlo created Rocket. Steve yep. Englehart created Star-Lord. Yep. Um, I think Stan and Jack created Groot, if I'm not mistaken. Groot predates. uh, Well, Steve Gerber. Steve Gerber. Super
1: old. Steve Gerber and Val uh, Mayerick are both credited for the character that appears in in the movie for them because they made (laughs) a special thing that. The character. Yeah, for that character. Um, Right. So, yeah, it looked like, from what I was paying attention, is that they were trying to give credit to everybody. Now, maybe because this Guardians of the Galaxy is very different from the previous incarnation of the Guardians of the Galaxy and the fact that Groot the emperor from planet X or wherever he's from now is very different. He was created because,
0: by Stan Lee. So
1: yeah, good luck uh, getting any money out of that. But uh, you know, Groot today is very different from that Groot. That's like, you shall bow yeah. before me, Groot, the terror of planet X, you know, it, it is very different. So uh, I would imagine that there's, especially with things going on right I now. I was,
2: I was, I was, uh, sure. I was talking to to a friend of mine, uh, and she was like should i go see gardens of the galaxy and i'm like yeah you should go see it i mean it was it was a lot of fun and i was like you know it's got this character and this character and that's kind of what their deal is and, and i and i told her i was like and it's got fin diesel back to the best sort of work yeah, that vin diesel that, does, he does yeah he's playing a giant monster who says very little
1: and <laughs> and really is the is the hero of the movie to an yeah, he's got a, and he's got a good voice for yeah, it yeah
2: he really does and uh
1: yeah, and if, for those of you that don't don't know Vin Diesel did the voice of Iron Giant mm-hmm. in the movie Iron Giant. So, uh did a great job. And Matthew, you need to when your daughter comes back this week, right?
0: Yeah, we're going to go either Monday or Tuesday.
1: Yeah, definitely go see it cuz it, it was a fun movie. Now again, my son yeah. got a little freaked the, out the at one point. The plan is to go
0: Monday afternoon.
1: Yeah, cool. Definitely definitely
2: definitely go check it out. Back to this book. Story okay, Rodrigo? Uh yeah. It uh, to be honest, um, it was weird after watching the movie to read this because yes. all of a sudden it's like being dropped back in the cold, cold waters of comic book yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, cohesiveness. Uh, so it's like all of a sudden it's like oh there's six years of backstory here mm-hmm. like that you have yeah, to like filter. tabulate and yeah. kind of like catch back up on it. it's like oh, okay where does this character come from okay all right I'm I'm back on a story that is part of a giant ongoing Mm -hmm. story that never ends, Mm -hmm. right? That was probably the biggest thing for me getting back into this. And again, just kind of little details like that, that is like, if I or a lot of people were going to put together a team, they wouldn't make three of these guys green. They would like make them different. But again, because they're picking and grabbing stuff from all throughout history... Is like oh, Drax is a cool character and Gamora is a cool character and Mantis oh they're all green mm-hmm. for completely different reasons. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. But
0: actually, the story... Drax and Gamora are green for the same reason.
2: Oh well, there you go. Um, okay. But uh, but not Mantis. She's green yep. because she's, she's a green Mantis.
0: she be... no, she was uh, she bites the heads off her mates. Ce... She became the Celestial Madonna. And was inhabited by the spirit of a giant tree spirit. Dude, Mantis is from Vietnam. She was born on Earth.
2: That's another interesting thing uh, from the movie is that uh, Mm Star-Lord, Drax, Mm -hmm. uh Rocket, maybe, technically, those guys are all from Earth. I didn't think they said Rocket was from Earth, because he was... On- no, 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 not in the movie. In the movie, right. neither Drax nor Rocket are from Earth. Right. But in the comics, they oh, are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Rocket is actually not from Earth. He's uh, from the
1: planet Half... What is it?
0: Half what? World. Half World, yeah. It just
1: yeah. has Earth genetic
2: material. Yeah.
0: Ro- well, actually, Earth was apparently seated with Raccoon.
2: <laughs> uh, well, there, there you go.
0: He comes from a world of funny animals in space, is where he comes from.
1: Interesting. Matthew, what are your what are your thoughts on this on this book? We got w- as we wrap up here.
0: I like it. I do like it and I think it relaunches a lot of the things that really work in space fiction. I love the fact that Abnett and Lanning cannot write a book without throwing the legion of superheroes in in one shape or another. So we get the Luminals who are alien superheroes with elves yeah. on their belt yeah. buckle. Mhm. I like the way this plays with everyone's backstory. And I really like the, the fact that you can have a character like Drax in the middle of your team, but Drax is like the scorpion in your midst and they, they deal with it. They take these weird characters who shouldn't work together like Drax and uh, Warlock and all of these characters. And they put them in their own reality But it's also a shared sort of story that works. You don't, you know, they don't have to mess with Warlock extensively to make him fit in the team. I really like what they did with this. This is a good place, I think. I haven't seen the movie, but I think this is a good place to start reading if you're wanting to jump in and see some Guardians adventures that Mm -hmm. resemble the movie.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought this was good. And I think if you were to jump on on this after reading uh, or after seeing the movie, I think you might enjoy this a heck of a lot more because you'll be a little bit more familiar with the characters. It does even though there are are mentions of this battle with Thanos and everything that happened before, you could almost plug in the battle with so-and-so and the battle with this.
2: Well, and it kind of works that way. Well, it yeah. I it mean, works very well. Because the thing right before this, it was the phalanx. Yeah, yeah. And then before that, it was Thanos, but also Annihilus. Mm-hmm. So there's...
1: Yeah, there's stuff to go there, back there's and lots read, of, but... There's lots of giant monsters to fight. I don't think people are going to be too confused if they were to... Leave the movie and dump right into this oh, book. Oh no, no, no. So yeah, it's worth checking out. I do like Abnett and Landing stuff. Uh, the art is is fine. Not my super cup of tea, but it works. And um, yeah, it's worth checking out. So anything else? One last thing, right up from you, Rodrigo, that you wanted to say? I don't think so. Booger.
0: I that is
2: not what I wanted.
0: To oh say. okay booger that's what i want to say that's oh okay all right well we're gonna wrap it up
1: right there thank you for downloading thank you for listening to this installment of the major spoilers podcast thank you for spreading the word thank you for being a vip thank you for uh, using the amazon link and everything else that you do thank you for uh, spreading the good word on twitter you can find me at major spoilers you can contact Ro- rodrigo at fearsome critter you can contact matthew at mighty king cobra and next time we're going to be back with more comic-y goodness because we know that you love comics and we do too and we will talk with you soon
5: Hey guys, it's Big Jim from uh, Hangar 18, and I just wanted to call in, not with regard to anything on San Diego Comic Con, not with regard to the fabulousness that is Guardians of the Galaxy, no, something a little bit different. I just wanted to take a couple seconds and call in and say congratulations to young Zach. I don't know if it's been publicly done yet or not, but congratulations, Zach. You are endeavoring down a strange new world that is the married life, and it is a wonderful thing. So, that being said, enough of these shenanigans. Let's get on to uh, going after some evildoers and, uh, you know, some crazy, crazy stuff. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.
3: Good day, there, gentlemen. Major spoilers. This is Slappy. And first off, I would like to say congratulations to young Zach. And Zach, it's heavy, isn't it? The weight. The ring is calling you. You must listen to the precious. Listen to the precious. Anyway, um, what I really wanted to talk about was the draft. Wait, no. What I really wanted to talk about was the whole digital issue that you were discussing the other day on your podcast. Now, when you, a few weeks ago or some time ago, I'm not even certain when it actually came out, that Kevin Spacey uh, speech that uh, that went viral, where he is talking about, how people want content and they want it now. Well, my children are about five months younger. Well, my twins, anyway, are about five months younger than your eldest, Stephen. And they are, I'd say, probably only recently just because of uh, the limited computer time and uh, TV time that we have with them is that they have now really gotten crazy into looking on YouTube and typing things in and checking things out. Most recently particularly has been the fact that they have been enjoying the Lego builds like the ones that you do on your YouTube channel. Yes, I think that's uh, majorspoilers.com you can find uh, you do a lot of things on the YouTube as well including Lego builds. Yes, and uh, my children have been really enjoying watching not only yours, but all different sorts of Lego builds, et cetera, all these different kind of things and what they, some of the animation that people they do with the Legos. And I realized the other day that this is exactly what Kevin Spacey was talking about. These kids want content. They don't want to wait necessarily a week. I can tell you right now, Probably in about a week, my children are not going to be watching those Lego builds anymore. They're going to be wanting to watch something else because they're watching it a little bit every single day, and they're finding something different. Actually, today, my son was looking at Play-Doh builds, people making things really intricate, cool items out of Play-Doh. And he found that because he was on the Lego build etc. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about there laddie. So the content that they want is now they don't always want to wait for it. Something else might catch their interest and the comic book companies still haven't figured that out and it's another one of those things that's kind of killing their interest I know when they hear a song the kids saw the Lego movie we want we we're singing everything is awesome, etc. Okay, let's download the song and listen to it. Add bloody nauseam. Well, there you go, lads. They want content. They want it now. The millennials are lazy slackers, and the uh, I don't know what the hell generation this uh, is being called Omega. I don't know. But that generation, they don't even want to wait as long as the uh, millennials do. Well, I guess because millennials are so complacent, they're just willing to wait for it. But the younger ones want it now.
5: Sloppy out. Hello, it's Stephen Bauer phoning in with a review of the 12-issue-long Zero Year. This was a really strong arc featuring three parts. The first part was a strong beginning, featuring Red Hood and the Red Hood Gang. Edward Nygma hires Red Hood to stop and kill Bruce Wayne, but Batman ends up getting the upper hand, and Red Hood One falls into a vat of chemicals. Guess we know where that is leading. The middle arc was my least favorite arc. It's called, it's called Dark City. The Riddler plunges the city into darkness. And Dr. Death, who is a classic early Batman villain, puts murders several people and is eventually stopped by Bruce Wayne. But when the city turns on the lights it plunges them into an even worse catastrophe. And the Riddler creates a post-apocalyptic Gotham for the final arc. The final arc, Savage City, is very strong. It features Bruce Wayne coming to his own in Spatman and facing off mind against mind against the Riddler. One of my favorite moments in the entire 12-issue arc was when, when Bruce Wayne takes a final guess to try and find the Riddler's hideout, goes to the, the place where he thinks he's going to find the Riddler, cries out, Am I right? Am I right? And you have to turn the page to find out if he's right or not. Overall, the art is extremely strong by Greg Capullo, but I'm not a big fan of his Bruce Wayne. It, Batman is very good, on the other hand. Overall, I'll give zero year. I keep wanting to say something silly. Overall, I give zero year, four out of five slices of oaf. It's very strong with a couple of missteps, a little bit of pacing issues in the middle. But overall, it is definitely worth a read.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you have questions or comments, feel free to send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. You can follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Major Spoilers, like us on Facebook, and share your thoughts about comic books and pop culture by using the comment section on any post at majorspoilers.com
6: what a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Raven, raving race like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East With a King throwing soldier What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 whoa. what a major spoiler.
4: Major Spoilers is copyright 2014.